At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Uses the puck, Kokaniemi. Gets it to Trocek. Coming in is Natchez just out of his reach. Is Natchez had a lane. Carolina keeps it in. D'Angelo. He tees one up. They score! Carolina on the board first. It's one nothing Hurricanes. Nosek in the penalty box. Four tripping Kings. for one tonight on the power play with one shot on goal. Trying to thread the needle. They'll score! Nino Niederreiter's pass deflected out in front. It beats Swayman and the Canes up. Now Terravainen bodies the puck down, stays in the zone. Shot is fired wide. Anderson might have gotten a piece of it, but the puck all the way back into the Boston zone. It'll be picked up by Terravainen. Terravainen's got an empty net. The cross for Svechnikov. Bullseye! Another empty netter for Mr. Svechnikov. And the Hurricanes go up 3-0 with 25 seconds to go in the third. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. It's the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for hanging out. The Carolina Hurricanes win again. 3 nothing. Freddie Anderson, 33-save shutout. It's his sixth straight win to start the season. Hurricanes set a franchise record opening the year 6-0-0. All those six wins have come in regulation, so nobody's getting out of here with any points. It's been impressive, uh, and you can't go 82-0 without going 6-0, and the Hurricanes are off to, again, uh, franchise best start. They were... Uh, it wasn't always a great game tonight. The first period was awesome. Uh, awesome for a lot of reasons. Not that Carolina was that much better than Boston. I thought it was a relatively even first period. I think Carolina had the better of the play. But they got the goal. And uh, But it was just a physical, feisty, ornery first period. And it was fun. Like I, the, the second and third were not nearly as well played as the first. I thought the first was really well played, although there were some mistakes. Uh, but really, really, I mean, just a fun hockey game. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. They're on Hamlin Road in Durham. If you have any desires to replace your windows, make them more energy efficient, uh, do a new roof, a gutter helmet, especially with uh, with the leaves coming down. Gutter helmets, you'll never get on a ladder again. Uh, go check them out online for a free no-obligation estimate at aluminumcompany.com. All right, there's a, there a lot of good things to talk about here. Uh, Alec Campbell will join us in just a little bit. And after that, I have some thoughts on events of the day in the National Hockey League. But the uh, but I want to get just to a bunch of things about the game tonight 
and uh, and then we'll talk to Alec Campbell. Let's start with the goaltender, Freddie Anderson. Remember when people told us that Carolina was making a mistake letting Alex Nedeljkovic go? Now, Ned could end up being a really good goaltender in time for the Detroit Red Wings. He might. I'm not in any way saying that he won't. I hope he does. I love it. I love Alex. I think Alex is just, he's exactly what you want in a goaltender, except he's kind of small. Um, but he has a chance to be a good goaltender, and I hope he is because I like the person. Um, but I've always said this about Carolina's goaltending. I thought at worst it was a net zero. At worst it was a net zero. And it's a long season. Freddie Anderson has now played six games. He's probably got another 50, at least 50 starts in him, given good health. But the heater that he is on right now, oi. 33 saves tonight, 149 saves, last 154 shots at him the last five games, starting with the game in Nashville. That's a 968 save percentage over that stretch. 968 save percentage over that stretch. I mean, it's just been ridiculous. Somebody asked me, I was before the game, just, just taking questions on Twitter. You can always tweet to me, at a gold fan. How many all-stars do I think Carolina will have? And initially, I just went one, because it's just not that many players uh, for eight teams in the Metropolitan Division. So I figure, oh, well, you know, Aho. Svechnikov, probably. One of them. And then I thought, wait a second. Freddie Anderson's off to a good start. So maybe it'll be Freddie Anderson in goal with Aho or Svechnikov. Svechnikov had the uh, the empty net goal. Uh, it's always good to extend your scoring streak to six to start the season. With an empty net goal, Svechnikov, and an empty net Secondary assist, Aho. Svech has three uh, empty net goals this year. <laughs> I think that leads the NHL. Anyway, uh, so Anderson has been great. He made a ton of great saves tonight. Uh, and the best part about Freddie is that he makes it look very simple. There's just it, there's economy of movement. He doesn't stray too often. Uh, every goal he gets beat. Uh, and frankly, Freddie got lucky tonight. There were some oppor- opportunities for Boston to score that they did not cash in on. Taylor Hall backdoor pass from Marshawn at uh, I, don't, I think think it was in a five on three situation. It was either the five on three or the five on four. And I don't know how Hall missed the net, but he missed it wide. Uh, it's just bizarre. But they had some other chances. They had a lot of good chances to score that Boston didn't convert. I mean, Carolina could have lost this game 4-2 as easily as they wanted 3-0. I mean, that's just being fair. Uh, so there's there's that. Boston Boston just is a little snake bit right now. But, hey, Carolina worked hard, got a couple of breaks on goals, and we'll get to those in a second. Uh, penalty kill, spectacular tonight. Five for five. They're now 23 out of 25 on the season. That's 92%. They killed off two separate five-on-threes tonight. Now, the first one was only 20 seconds, but there was an offensive zone face-off in those 20 seconds. 
So it was 20 seconds of zone time. And that ain't easy. So they killed that off. Then there was a minute one of five-on-three time in the third period, midway through the third period, in which both Sebastian Ajo and Jordan Stahl were in the penalty box. It's your two best penalty-killing centers right there. So just there was they had to overcome a lot of that stuff during the course of the game. And by the way, uh, Sebastian Ajo continues to be uh, great in all situations, won 63% of his face-offs again tonight. Uh, he's been he's been tremendous, absolutely tremendous. So you have both of those guys in the penalty box, and you still manage to kill off the five-on-three. The truth is, is that I didn't think Boston was very dangerous, even though they have a dangerous power play. I didn't think Boston was dangerous on the power play at all tonight. Ne- matter of fact, neither penalty... Neither power play was dangerous. Carolina's power play wasn't any good either. They did get a power play goal, but it had nothing to do with being on the power play other than they had one more player on the ice than Boston did. But uh, special teams, the penalty kills, maybe really for both sides, uh, were just outstanding tonight. Uh, the best line of the night, best line all season, has been Jordan Stahl centering Nino Niederreiter and Jesper Faust. Stahl was great tonight. I thought he was the best player in the game. Um, didn't even, He didn't get a point. Jordan Stahl has, I think, two points this year. Whatever it is, I don't even know. And nobody's asking what's different about Jordan Stahl this year. Because this is what you see, what you get all the time. You simply get the best. Gosh, he's a good player. He doesn't have to score to impact the game. He was my first star tonight without getting on the score sheet. Freddie Anderson had 33 saves and an assist on the Nino Niederreiter goal. Jordan Stahl was the best player in the game. Uh, Speaking of Nino, he was rewarded for his play again tonight. He played great in the game against Toronto on Monday, and then he finished off the pass from Jacob Slavin uh, and got a goal, his second goal of the season. And then tonight, I thought he was part of an excellent Nino Niederreiter, part of a shutdown line? Yes. Niederreiter, Faust, and Stahl were great tonight, playing almost entirely against Marshawn, Pasternak, and Bergeron, the perfection line. Uh, And Nino on the power play on the left side of the ice took a pass from uh, Brett Pesci, who took the pass from Frederick Anderson. And Nino was really trying to cross it all the way uh, through to Martin Natchez on the right side, but the puck hit uh, a Boston defenseman, uh, I guess in the skate, and fluttered past Swayman for the goal. That made it 2-0. Uh, it's power play goal. I mean, it is what it is. Physical game tonight. Loved it. Loved Ajo. Uh, kind of... Uh, I don't know, smushing the face of Pasternak uh, along the glass uh, on the wall. Loved it. I love the edge that Ajo played with tonight. Got started right away with Ethan Bear just with an open, ice, clean, beautiful hit of Brad Marchand. Uh, Thought that was great. Uh, It was just a good, aggressive, ornery game tonight. So, good for the Hurricanes to play a game like that, especially against a Boston team that, probably comes into the game thinking this is the way we're going to do it. 
And I think not only did Carolina meet that physicality, I think they beat Boston to it. And that was good. Uh, as good as Freddie Anderson played tonight, I still think they're going to play Auntie Ronta tomorrow. You got to have to. I mean, what was the last time that Ronta played a game? It has been forever. It's almost been a month. He has not been on the ice. He played in the third preseason game. However long ago that is. It's a long time ago. It's like the, I don't know, the 5th or so of October. So we're talking about two and a half weeks. It's been since uh, Ante Ranta played a game. He's got to get in. I, I I say that even though Anderson made 33 saves last night, second a game of a back-to-back, uh, I say Ranta plays tomorrow uh, or Friday, and uh, Anderson will come back on Sunday against Arizona. Just a hunch. Um Real quick about another couple of players that haven't played yet. We'll talk about this with Alec. Um, There's no law that says you have to play Brendan Smith and Seth Jarvis. No law that says you have to. I think it's a good bet that Brendan Smith draws in one of these two games. He just can't sit around forever. You didn't bring him here just to be window dressing. So I think we're going to see Brendan Smith play. I don't know if you're going to see Seth Jarvis. I don't. I just, I don't know what the point is at this point. Because I really doubt if they're going to keep him. Maybe he'll play one game. Maybe he'll play the Arizona game. I don't know. Um, But I think primarily, I just don't want to take anybody off the ice. I mean, who comes out? That's That's what I don't get. I don't know who... I, I don't think you're going to break up the stall line. I mean, I don't think you're going to take Martin Natchez off the ice. He hasn't played awesome. I think he's been good. Um, but he's also a good penalty killer. And I don't think you're going to put Seth Jarvis on the fourth line. I don't know. Maybe you can. I don't. I wouldn't. So, I just don't know. I just don't know who comes off the ice. It's probably more about that than anything else. I just don't know who you take out just to play Seth Jarvis for a game or two and then send him back to juniors because that's really what's ultimately going to happen. And I want to, uh, I want to give a, uh, a couple of shout-outs, if you will. Uh, quickly, Tony D'Angelo gets his first goal of the season. Um, I loved what I heard from D'Angelo in the postgame because I think D'Angelo is a wicked smart player. Incredibly high hockey uh, hockey IQ, I believe. He has a great awareness of you know when he's playing well and when he doesn't. And I think Tony D'Angelo essentially criticized his own game tonight in the post game. You know, too many turnovers. I can be better here. I need to be better here. Uh, but Tony's an incredible passer. He always gets pucks through. Say always. Nobody always gets pucks through, but. Uh, he's a better bet to get it through than he's not. And that goal, which was deflected on the way through, I believe, by Curtis Lazar, uh, still got through. But he's also just incredibly competitive defensively. He makes his mistakes, there's no doubt about it. But he's a better player, better overall player than any of us thought he was. Actually, Eric Cole didn't. Eric Cole thought he was a good player. He thought he was going to be good defensively here. 
And look, he's not even being protected. He was playing with Ian Cole tonight. Ethan Bear played very well again. I've uh, really enjoyed watching Ethan Bear's game. So uh, I thought Tony played well tonight, and neither goal is scored without, yes, Perry Kotkaniemi. The first goal, it was Kotkaniemi with the net front in front of Swayman that, I mean, the puck was deflected, but it didn't really change direction that much. Uh, but I think that Kokaniemi was just bothering Swayman enough in front uh, that the goal gets through. So I like that. And then on the uh, Nino goal, it was Kokaniemi driving that middle lane toward the net, front of the net, that essentially put Forbert there, number 28 for Boston. And that pass went off the skate and in. Natchez was across alone on the back door. But Kokaniemi doing what you're supposed to do. So I thought he played otherwise a good game, made some good plays in the offensive zone. Uh, So I thought those two guys needed to get some recognition for what they did. My man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network. My friend on the day job. We do a radio show, just in case you haven't heard about it. But this is all about the Carolina Hurricanes. It's the Canes Corner Podcast, uh, part two, I guess. Uh, all right, you can't go 82-0 and without first going 6-0. and And the Hurricanes are 6-0 and on this rainy Thursday night. Yeah, they sure are. And it was a fun game tonight. Yeah. And the last two games, I think, have been pretty impressive wins for Carolina, just because we talked about it. On Monday, you got kind of a desperate Leafs team with a lot of talent coming in, needed a needed a win. And tonight, you've got a talented Boston team, obviously. A lot of new faces, but they still got the Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak line. You know, Taylor Hall is there. I didn't even really realize Eric Hall was there yeah. until I looked at the uh, lineup sheet tonight. Um, wasn't really paying attention to his whereabouts. Uh, so they've got some good players on their team, and they lost last night. You know, I thought it was interesting last night. The Bergeron line was completely held off the board in terms of points against Florida. Yep. And they lost last night. So I I understand it was a second night of a back-to-back with travel for them, but in a lot of cases that doesn't matter as much as we think it does, although – with travel might be a little bit different than not, but I mean, you had to think you were running into a hungry Boston team and a hungry, at least Bergeron line yep. tonight. And it's the second night in a row that that entire line went pointless. Of course, everybody on their team went pointless, but you don't keep guys like that off the score sheet for two games in a row very often. So it was uh, it was a, a fun game, good atmosphere, good win. And, oh, man, I know it's going to come at some point when they lose a game, but every time I say that, they keep winning. Which yeah. also, by the way, makes me 0-1 in bets <laughs> for today. Yes, uh, I'm – but, you know, those are the losses you'll take. You learn from that loss, Alec. Yeah. Well, the Packers are about to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter right now. They're up 24-21 on the Cardinals. 
So maybe I'll go one and one today. Well, that would be that would be a help, uh, especially after uh, absorbing the Boston loss tonight. I can't believe you had no, no faith in the Hurricanes. Here's the interesting thing: <laughs> is um, you could argue, like I thought, Carolina was the better team in the first period, and they were probably the better team in the second period too. Although the second period was a lot more even than the first period. Um, but they continue. I'm not saying they get away with a poor third period, but according to natural stat trick, let me read a couple of these things to you because Boston ultimately won the Corsi. You don't get anything for that, mm-hmm. but Boston won the Corsi tonight. 27 yeah. to 11 in shot attempts in the third. 17 5 advantage for Boston in scoring chances. Only six to four in high danger opportunities, but 17 5 scoring chances. A lot of that is, you know, killing off, I don't know, six minutes of power play time, but five minutes of power play time, including uh, a minute, uh, a minute one of five on three in this in the third period. So there were that had something to do with it. But you know, Carolina is now outscored opponents 10-1 in the third period this year. And I'm not sure that we don't owe that almost entirely to Frederick Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, the Canes were outchanced and outshot in the second period too. So all of those numbers went Boston's way pretty much. But, I mean, the eye test for me told me that the game was, I thought, pretty competitive for the most part. I mean, the second period was basically a penalty fest. Yeah. There were seven There were seven penalties called in the second period. One of them was offsetting, resulted in three power plays for Carolina, one of which turned into a goal, two power plays, for Boston, and then in the third period, the Canes, you know, had the the, the five on three situation, and I think one other penalty as well. I think yeah. they got whistled for three penalties in the third period. Yeah, Jordan so, went twice in the third period. Yeah, and the penalty kill went five for five today, and a big part of that is the goaltending. But I mean, Boston definitely had their chances. Yeah. I mean, they 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 had situations with flurries around the net you know there were a couple times early in the game when I thought how did that puck not go in the go in the goal Taylor Hall had one that went off went off Anderson's skate and then hit the post and stayed out um, Marshan beating Hall on the back door on the five on three that he couldn't finish how, how did I that mean, not were... go in how did how did Taylor Hall not finish that because Anderson was well out on top of the crease Hall was behind him yeah, yeah. And he shot it wide. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it paid out. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, listen, I don't – I mean, I don't think it was flawless by any means for Carolina. But I I, I don't know. I just – I uh, I thought, you know, Carolina just had an ability to, to, to score goals so far this year. So and, and and Freddie's just been great. I mean, he's been awesome. Let's, I mean, do you want to hear some, you want to hear some Freddie Anderson numbers? Sure. All right. Th- these are these are like mind blowing. Uh, Thirty three saves tonight. First shutout as a Hurricane in the last five games. 
154 shots at him, 149 saves. That's a 968 save percentage. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's sustainable, but it's no. a good stretch. So the question is, does Freddie start tomorrow? No. No. <laughs> I mean, Rod Rod smiled when it was asked. I mean, yeah. no. You have every reason. There's every reason in the world to let Ronta get a start tomorrow. He has to play. <laughs> When was the last time Auntie Ronta got into the lineup? When was the third preseason game? Because that was the last time Auntie Ronta stepped onto the ice with the clock running. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Freddie's so hot right now. So? I mean, he'll play Sunday. He will, but it's, I mean, you don't want to ruin that mojo. You don't want to, you don't, you don't, you don't mess, you don't mess with a streak. Stop it, Crash Davis. (laughs) <laughs> haven't, haven't you seen Bull Durham? <laughs> I mean, I heard Trip Trip Tracy on the broadcast said Freddie is the hottest goaltender in the NHL right now. Well, he is, and he is. Why would you mess with that? No, I mean, listen, I the the prudent and rational thing to do against the Blackhawks team that I don't think has won yet. They lost last night, I believe, in comeback fashion. And they're obviously dealing with a bunch of stuff right now. Yeah. And you're on the second night of a back-to-back. It's the perfect time, really, to get Brendan Smith in the game, get Ozzy Ronta in the game, get Seth Jarvis in the game. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I think Brendan Smith can play. You can certainly, you can easily take Ian Cole out of the lineup. Uh, this is not a, uh, a knock on Cole, but you got to get Brendan Smith on the ice at some point. Uh, I would put I would put Smith on the ice. Um, Ronta is gonna for me. Ronta plays. Um, I don't know how you put Seth Jarvis in. I really do. I don't know how you. I don't know how you take anybody I mean, out. Well, at this point, I think you could. I mean, I get it. You he's he's a top nine player, whatever. But take Lawrence out. Put him on the fourth line. Who put Seth Jarvis I mean, on the fourth line? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, it's like they're already. It's like it's like they've been protecting him this whole time. For I mean, I mean, I guess there there are a lot of factors. The team's been playing well, number one. So again, you don't mess with the streak, right? Right. But they, they've clearly had. They, they, you know, we talked about they didn't want to. They didn't want to play him against Toronto. They didn't want to play him against. Uh, play him against Boston. They didn't want to play him on the road, you know, last week. Right. So, like, why would they stop protecting him? I mean, just put him, put him in a fourth-line role. We, we all understand he's not eventually a fourth-line player, but we got to get him some minutes somehow, and that's the only real viable option. How many minutes did Stephen Lawrence play tonight? Uh, probably Nine? Yeah, probably about that. I mean, I'll get it, but here's, here's my, my question about Seth Jarvis. And this is why I would actually lean towards not putting him on the ice tomorrow at all. Because he's going to play two games. Maybe he plays the game also at Chicago, which would be the ninth game of the season next, I think, next Wednesday. 
I mean, what does he have to do in those nine games to make you go, hey, I think we need to keep him here? He'd have to score all of the goals. Yeah. He would need two yeah, hat tricks to uh to stay here. So what's the, I, I mean, I'm I don't want to say what's the point, uh, but I think winning the games no, I, not that you can't win the games with Seth Jarvis in the lineup, because he's obviously a good player. Um you're not gonna yeah. keep him. They're not gonna keep him here. So Yeah, well in that case they need to just send him back to yeah. juniors. Like if I mean if they're not gonna play him, just send him back. And I'm for that. I'm good with that. I mean, I don't think he's going to get any better there, but they're kind of, you know, between the proverbial rock and hard place as that goes. Yeah. So might as well just send them back. You, you, you absolve yourself of any decision-making on that front. You don't mess with the streak. <laughs> you don't worry about pulling people out. You just take all the decision-making out of your hand. Just, just send them back then. I, I would be in favor of that uh, as much as I'd like to see him play. I just, uh, I mean, I wouldn't take anybody out of the lineup. Uh, Lawrence played 11 and a half minutes tonight. Uh, you know, Derek Stepan played 10. Lawrence also killed uh, some penalties tonight. He got a hundred, uh, a minute 15 of PK time. Uh, you know, r- real quick, I will, uh, I'll let everybody in on uh, a, a mis- not a mistake. It's just one of those things that happened tonight. Uh, I had already uh, started interviewing Jordan Stahl in a one-on-one after his media Zoom, and uh, my uh, I guess my phone was low on battery or something, and it, it, it just didn't take. And I actually got Jordan to laugh when I said, you know, the team can't go five for five on the penalty kill if you don't take two penalties. <laughs> That's right. And I think Corey Lavalette had the stat of the night for me of the North State Journal. Um, he tweeted out that the Hurricanes have lost. I'm sorry, the Hurricanes have won the last seven games where Jordan has taken two minor penalties. Well, so maybe there's a formula there. Get those out of the way in the first period against Chicago tomorrow. And then we'll just all be able to go home early. Just chalk it up. So, well, and also one of one of the penalties he took tonight, at least, was not a penalty. The first one, the one uh, where Patrice Bergeron skated yeah. into him. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron ran into Jordan Stahl and fell over, as most of us would do. Yeah, and geez. they called that a penalty. It's basically skating into a redwood tree. So. Right, um, that's what he did. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, and by the way, um, Rod had told us today that he was uh, probably going to start with Aho on Bergeron tonight, but that's not the way it worked. Uh, the stall line, I think Aho was matched up against them a little bit, but the stall line, yeah, uh, stall line leaned on 37's line all night long, so uh, that line was tremendous. By the way, the penalty kill, 5 for 5 tonight, 23 out of 25 so far on the season, that's 92%. They killed off 121 of five on three. 20 seconds, one time. It was a, they had to work for those 20 seconds too. And uh, they killed off a minute one in the third period when both Stahl and Aho were in the box. That's pretty good. Yeah, they were. Uh, the penalty kill has been great. Somebody asked me tonight why I think the penalty kill has been so good. And I don't 
I don't really have great answers for that. I mean, I'm not really sure. Like, it's just, to me, a, co- a combination of a lot of things. You know, it's a combination of just being smart, uh, being physical, being aggressive at the right time. You know, I love the fact that you can pull Jordan into the face-off circle on a five-on-three and just have him win a face-off, dump it, and get out. Um, so I think that's part of it. I mean, I don't know. They're just a, they're a good penalty kill team. Yeah, they are. They have a lot of guys. I, I actually I heard one of the calls on the way home. Uh, you know, somebody thinking that you'd play a minute, a uh, minute long of you know to two forwards out there for a minute. A that doesn't happen. Um, that was uh, that was our guy Mike in Durham. Was it from yeah. uh, from um, what's the you know the the, the professor? Oh, okay. Look, the yeah. Nobody's taking way. shifts that long. They ideally yeah. your penalty kill shifts would be about thirty sec, thirty to forty seconds. Um, yeah, it's really not. It's really not new. It's uh, it you, you basically clear the puck and get off. Right, but they have so many guys that can when when all of their penalty kill options, especially at forward, are available to them. I mean, oh they've got God. like a dozen different guys that kill penalties. We got to interrupt this program real quick. Okay. The Packers were down on their about to score. They did not score, so it remained twenty four twenty one. The Cardinals have driven all the way down the field. And with like 10 seconds on the clock, Kyler Murray just threw an interception in the touchdown, in the uh, end zone. <laughs> Packers are, the pack, they were driving. And this also came after a fumbled snap by Kyler Murray. Oh. Uh, they got all the way down. There's 12 seconds left, and he just threw an interception. The Packers are going to win by three. Anyway, I just had to. Oh. Yeah, I had to bring that up. Sorry. So you you win a you win a bet. Good for you. You win one of your wages. That's right. You, That's right. You're you're now even on the night. Good for uh, good for Alec Campbell. Place your bets. Um, Nino Niederreiter got rewarded again. Um, yeah, he was good tonight. I was glad he got the goal. By the way, both of Carolina's goals went off of Boston sticks and in the uh, the Tony mm-hmm. D'Angelo goal was deflected, I believe, by. Uh, Curtis Lazar, who was skating through the uh, the defensive zone when D'Angelo shot, it was probably halfway to the net when it deflected and just it just fluttered a little bit, but it it I think it just raised up, went up, but just a a hair, uh, and I guess it was over the glove of uh, the goaltender, and then uh, the Nino Niederreiter power play goal. What a great power play goal that was. Carolina goes one for five on the power, well, one for three on the power play, whatever it is, uh, with that power play goal. And They're one for five. One for five with that power play goal. Nino was passing it. Actually, went in, on second glance, he wasn't passing it to cut Kenny in the slot. He was trying to go across a little further across the ice to Natchez, and it wouldn't have been a bad pass, uh, but it goes off of uh, what, what Forbert. was his? Forbert. Yes, it goes off of Forbert and off his skate and uh, went past Swayman for the goal. So Carolina's two goals proper, not the empty net goal, what both went in off Boston sticks. Puck yeah, I didn't think the power play was, was all that sharp tonight. No, it was bad. And, and that, that power play goal came, 
you know, the, the previous power play wasn't very good. And so Rod rolled with the second unit to start that power play that Nino scored on. And I mean, I don't know, maybe what is that a punishment for the a unit for not being very good on the previous one? Well, actually I think uh, I, th- I thought the, uh, those guys, you know, the, the first unit had basically just been on the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, the Aho Teravine, and Svechnikov line had just been on the ice when they got the penalty, when they got the power play. So start with the second unit, that's fine. Um, but it worked because the said that that was a much better unit on that particular power play, which had nothing to do with being on the power play. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, but it was a great pass from Freddie Anderson to Brett Pesci. That is right. <laughs> and then Brett Pesci to the blue line for Nino, who was actually really wide open over there. Yep. He absolutely it was kind of jarring how alone he was. Yeah, for the most part, I mean, Boston's got a great kill because they they use Bergeron and Marchand out there so much. Um, so their kill is great, and you know Boston's got a very active, mobile defense. Even though it's not the same guys, it's amazing how different they are. Boston without David Krejci, man, it's not they're they're just not quite the same. Once you get past their top line, they're good players. I mean, they have good players. Um, right. Uh, Studnicka is is a prospect. I don't think he's ever going to be a star, but he's a good, solid player. He's probably more of a third liner, I think. Eric Halla, how about that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I was waiting yeah. for the Halla Martin Natchez uh, kind of you know meeting of the minds at one point, but we didn't get that. Uh, but uh, it was just a physical, grimy game. It, more so first period, I thought, than anything else. But Sebastian Ajo was playing with an edge tonight. I loved it. I loved seeing Ajo play with a physical purpose tonight. I just loved it. He smushed Pasternak on the wall. I thought there was maybe yeah. going to be a fight at one point. Pasternak wanted to go with Ajo. Ajo said, nah, I'm good. Marshan came over and said something to Sebastian. It was I liked it. I thought I thought that was good tonight. Yeah, I did too. I I just thought all around it was just a good, feisty, competitive, just fun atmosphere. I mean, there was physicality in the game. It was just I, it was a good hockey game. I, I liked it a lot, and especially because the Hurricanes came out on top. But it just was all around just a fun hockey game to watch. All right, give me your three stars, Alec Campbell. Um, all right. So I will go with – I mean, Jordan Stahl is my number one star. Uh-huh. Um, I'll give Freddie two, and I'll give Nino three. Uh, I, mean, I feel like I could I could bump Nino up, but uh, Fred, I, can't, I can't overlook Freddie. That's uh, – I think you got it absolutely perfectly correct. It's exactly what I had. Uh, quick, quick shout out to Tony D'Angelo gets his first goal with the Hurricanes. Yeah. Uh, he's played really well. Um, loved, loved Tony, loved Tony in the post game too. Cause I, he was like, honestly, yeah. did you hear him? Yes, I did. And I want you to say what you were going to say though. Yeah, no, he was just like, honestly, I don't think I really played all that well. I gave the puck up too many times and it was a little lucky that it went in, uh, the goal that I scored. Uh, but I'll obviously take it, but there's a lot of stuff I got to clean up. And he's right, because he had one of those 
turnovers that we've been talking about where, you know, he just threw one off the, you know, the skate of somebody that was directly in front of him at one point. Luckily it didn't go for a chance, but he had a couple of times where he just, you know, bad turnovers. Uh, the more I watch and listen to D'Angelo, the more I am amazed at how smart a player he is. And I just think that's going to that, that's going to bode well for Carolina mm-hmm. going forward. He is a really yeah. really bright player. I'm not yeah. trying I'm not trying to like assign any other grand meaning to that. I'm just yeah. he just has a very high hockey IQ, I believe. And you and I have we, we've talked about this before. He gets pucks through. When when Tony yeah. D'Angelo wants to put a puck on net, he's going to get it on net. And yeah, and that's why that yeah. was rare for the way he turned. I mean, there have been other, you know, there are other ways that he he turns it over. He's more likely like to turn it over just you know, mishandling a pass or you know something like that. So that that one time when he tried to get something through and it was blocked, I mean, that's rare for him. Yeah, because he's very good at that. He's very good at getting pucks to the net. Um, I've I really have enjoyed watching him play. Yeah. Honestly, I I I I like his. You know, you you said his compete the other night. I like his compete. He has that. He's he's smart. He gets pucks through. I mean, I love him. I love I love him on the power play. Um, I just think he's a really good player. Uh, so I've I've enjoyed watching him play. But I I think to your point about being smart. That's I think one thing that I've noticed about the team, just in terms of their defending, a little bit is that I see way more guys playing the body, yeah. way more guys trying to get the box out, shielding uh, guys off the puck instead of going from you know letting the help come over without worrying about the puck so much, and I just I feel like there's been more just thoughtful defense, I guess, is the best way to put it. Agreed. Uh, and on that note, I will bid you adieu for the evening. We have another one of these coming up uh, in 24 hours when the Hurricanes host the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I, I wonder how many people will look at the Chicago Blackhawks uniforms and be thinking about Kyle Beach. Um, Dude, it's, it's going to be weird. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. I mean, I don't know what the reaction that they got last night was when they played at home, but it's gonna be kind of awkward. I feel, especially considering like the things that I've seen Taves and Kane say in right. the last couple of days. Uh, it's just, it's just gonna be awkward. It's gonna be weird. I agree. I agree. and I mean. I'm I'm a I'm a Blackhawks fan to some degree, and I've always been a huge Johnny Taves fan. And it's just like I'm just very disturbed by yeah. all that stuff. It's um, it's a very sad story, and a young man. I mean, he's still a young man. He's 31 years old. Beach, uh, playing in Germany, former first round pick, and basically. You know, his his life was ta- essentially robbed. Of yeah, him. his 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 it's mental career. state, his 
Yeah, all of it. Everything. You don't know what what kind of career he has without this kind Whoa. of trauma. So, yeah, it was just, it was stolen from him, and uh, people in charge didn't care enough about him to do anything about it. So. Yeah, and, I mean, I saw that Coach Q had resigned. Yes. And I don't, I mean, I don't see how you could have any other, you could have any other um, conclusion than that. No, he, I, mean, he I just don't see how he stays on the team. Couldn't be. I mean, check this out. This kid was the, he was actually the 11th overall pick. Right. Of the 08 NHL draft. He played for the uh, Spokane Chiefs in the WHL, right? Western Hockey League. Right. That year, 2009-2010, he scored 52 goals and had 34 assists. Wow. And he was called up at the end of the junior season, only played four games. Uh, with Rockford. Actually, he had played two with Rockford the year before. I'm guessing that's... I don't know how that worked out, but then he plays four games with Rockford and gets called to be a black ace after that. And life changed immediately. I mean, think about that. You've just come off a season where you scored 52 goals and had 34 assists. You go to the AHL, you're immediately called to be a black ace and your life is just changed forever Ever. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. So it comes back, he comes back the next year and scores 16 goals in Rockford in 17 games, 20 assists. Mm. Pretty insane. Sad. It's very sad. Makes me sad yeah. thinking about it. I feel bad for, uh, for him. I feel bad for the 16 year old in, High school, high school kid in Michigan, that he, mm-hmm. that this loser, predator, Brad Aldrich, yeah. Yeah. Um, predator, yeah. yeah. All right, man. All right, I'll talk to you. All right, a couple of quick thoughts. Very, I'll be very fast about Kyle Beach, Joel Quenville, and the Florida Panthers here. First of all, here's Joel, what Joel Quenville had to say upon his tendering his resignation. I want to express my sorrow for the pain this young man, Kyle Beach, has suffered. I'm going to stop right there real quick. I want to express my sorrow for the pain this young man, Kyle Beach, has suffered. I read that. And I, this is what I hear. I hear somebody who doesn't want to admit his role in this. He does say that the, uh, my former team, the Blackhawks, failed Kyle, and I own my share of that. Yeah, you do. That meeting with former GM Stan Bowman and the soon-to-be former general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Kevin Sheveldayoff, and others, 
they all determined that Kyle Beach's life was so inconsequential. His mental health was so inconsequential to them that they didn't care about Kyle Beach, a first-round pick two years prior, that they decided, well, just going to sw- we're going to forget this ever happened for now. We're going to go about the business of trying to win a Stanley Cup, and then we'll address it later. They didn't address it. They didn't investigate it. They gave him, they gave Brad Aldrich an, the option after the season, after the playoff, after the Stanley Cup, after the parades, after he had his day with the Cup, after his name was engraved on the freaking trophy. Sorry for calling it a trophy and not a Cup. You can resign or you can be subject to an investigation. He took resignation. So they didn't do anything. It never went up chain of command. Brett Aldrich was allowed to work for USA Hockey with young people. He was allowed to go to work at at a college, Miami of Ohio. Our friend Kevin Adams, GM of the Buffalo Sabres, went to Miami of Ohio. And then he ultimately, what, three years later, sexually assaulted a 16-year-old high school kid. He's now a registered sex offender. So, I don't want to hear from Joel Quenville. I don't want to hear anything from Joel Quenville unless it's, I failed him. Next, to the Florida Panthers. And this is from the uh, CEO of the Panthers. I think his name is Matt Campbell. After the release of the Jenner and Block investigative report on Tuesday afternoon, we have continued to diligently review the information within that report. In addition to new information that has recently come available, Caldwell said, not, not Campbell, Caldwell, Matt Caldwell, it should go without saying that the conduct described in that report is troubling and inexcusable. It stands in direct contrast to our values as an organization and what the Florida Panthers stand for. Hard stop. You are the organization that knew about that and still allowed him to coach Wednesday night. You were the organization that allowed Joel Quenville to stand behind the bench while your team played, interestingly enough, the Boston Bruins. And then allowed him to also not do media availability after the game. You were that guy. You were that team. That organization, those are your values. Don't talk to me about values and then, especially after you did that. So, again, don't care what the Florida Panthers have to say. Don't care. 
all of what happened here was an absolute human failure. It was gross. And you know what? There's no most gross thing other than what Brad Aldrich did. Imagine being so carefree with somebody else's life, somebody else's mental well-being, that you walked around with that for 11 years. So to everyone in that room, everyone in that room, I got nothing for you. Joel Quenville, I don't care how many Stanley Cups he has. I got zero time for Joel Quenville. Stan Bowman, you too. Kevin Sheveldayoff, get out. I got no time for that. There's a young man who's now playing in Germany that is owed more than those empty statements. It's an absolute shame. It's an absolute shame. All right, that's all I got to say about that. Hurricanes were excellent in the first, good in the second, maybe a little fortunate in the third. Freddie Anderson's been great. The Hurricanes are 6-0-0. You can't go 82-0 without going 6-0. I keep saying this. We'll do it again tomorrow, right? Canes will host the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. The Chicago Blackhawks. Arizona Coyotes are on Sunday. I do think we'll see Auntie Ranta tomorrow night, Friday night, against Chicago. Kane's Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Roofing, siding, entry doors, storm doors, gutter helmets, bay windows, bow windows. Sammy Hanna and crew do an amazing job. You can go online for a free no-obligation estimate, aluminumcompany.com. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can give us a rating if you want. But love your feedback. And uh, just follow us so it shows up automatically in your phone or wherever you get your podcast. Until the Canes take on the Blackhawks, or at least after the Canes take on the Blackhawks, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you later. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. On average, people spend over a third of their life sleeping, yet most sleep disorders go undiagnosed. I'm Megan Gigling, General Manager of Parkway Sleep Health Centers. Sleep struggles left untreated can lead to health problems and have a serious effect on your quality of life. We've served the Triangle for 20 years. Let us help you get the sleep you've been dreaming of. If you're in need of a sleep study, a knowledgeable doctor, CPAP machine, or supplies, Parkway has you covered. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep. Sound health. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.